0: As a thank you for listening to the NASM CPT podcast, I've got a special offer for you. 20% off of any NASM order. You can use that 20% to get certified as a personal trainer through our CPT program, the standard for the fitness industry, or expand your career with one of our specializations, including our latest one, NASM Nutrition Certification, which gives you the skills to be a certified nutrition coach. Get 20% off your order by calling 800-460-6276 or visiting nasm.org and using the code PODCAST20. That's 800-460-6276. And the discount code is PODCAST20. Start changing even more lives today. You're listening to the NASM CPT Podcast with Rick Ritchie, the official podcast of the National Academy of Sports Medicine. Welcome to the NASM CPT Podcast. My name is Rick Ritchie, and today we're going to be talking about our third part when it comes to programming and understanding periodization. So with our periodization, we've got these three different kind of Tiers that you would go through. So this macro cycle, which is the big version, the big picture of what your goals are, what you're trying to do. Mesocycles about four to six weeks. And a micro cycle is looking at about every week what it is you're gonna do. And your program is what makes that up. So that could be part of your routine, which is routinely putting in specific exercises. Uh, Routine is also like what time of day you work out and how long you work out. That's your routine. But your programming is a little bit different. It might include your exercise selection. It might include, it's going to be your rep range, all the acute variables um, that, that you're dealing with. But what we're also looking at is what are the differences in programming? And there are a lot of different programs that you can go into. People a lot of times will do split routines, and split routines are great, but there's, there's a sticking point where people find split routines and they just do split routines. And that is not good programming. It's a good program, but overall that has to shift. There's gotta be some change that's made. And so what we're looking at is also kind of the idea of when it comes to, performance measures, we'll look at a few things with programming and what uh, linear programming looks like. What is undulating programming? What are some of the different concepts that we see out in the world of fitness and strength and conditioning that people are utilizing in order to maximize performance? So one of the things, and the first thing I want to talk about is isolated strength training versus integrated strength training. And isolated strength training is really kind of a single joint exercise, maybe that's focusing on one muscle. And, 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 and again, that has its place, but versus an integrated training. So there was a study done in the Journal of Strength and Conditioning Research in 2013 uh, with isolated training versus integrated training. And they used the OPT model with their integrated training. And for their isolated training, it's more of a traditional model. And when they compared the effects of those two over four, uh, over an eight week period then they measured muscle strength and endurance they measured power output uh, speed and agility movement quality and flexibility and both groups improved flexibility and lower extremity power so we're still getting outcomes but only the integrated group that used the opt model had increase in movement quality increase in speed and agility upper extremity strength and endurance and then abdominal strength and endurance so that's of value, just understanding an integrated approach to training over the course of uh, eight weeks, and you start to see those changes take place when it comes to implementing the mesocycles and that periodization that takes place. So there's value in the change that uh, goes on, and now we can look at things like, well, what is linear periodization and what is undulating periodization? Linear periodization is probably how you look at the OPT model at first glance or any training model when you see things laid out in a systematic and progressive um, stages, then you're going to have the linear concept, right? So first you do this, then you do this, and then you do this. So uh, OPT model in that model is going to be stabilization first, and you're going to go into strength, and you're going to go into power, all valuable ought to be focused on. And the undulating approach is going to say, well, maybe Monday, Wednesday, Friday, if we're looking at uh, three different days, then it's possible to create an undulating periodization with all three of those things in there. So uh, you might work on strength on Monday, stabilization Wednesday, and then Friday is your power day. And that also makes sense. But let's talk about some of the research that's out there. So we've got Ria et al. in 20, uh, 2003. So it's a relatively old study, but it's one that I liked a lot because the comparison between linear and daily periodization programs. So they've got the linear program group perform 25 uh, repetitions per set, uh, maximum uh, RM, so maximum repetition max, uh, or rep max, and then a 15 rep max, and they changed it every five weeks reverse linear periodization so they went in reverse order so they did 15 rm 20 rm 25 rm and changed every five weeks and then the daily periodization group trained the variables between each workout so the 15 and 20 and 25 rep max and they just repeated that changing every 15 weeks so we've got linear that's going from the 25 rep max 20 rep max 15 rep max reverse linear 15, 20, 25 rep max, and then daily undulating, where they change that every day that they do it, they're doing something different. So the reverse linear periodization was more effective than the linear periodization. uh, And then the daily undulating treatment. Uh, had more for the increase in muscular endurance so this is pretty interesting and what we're looking at the linear and reverse linear periodization those variables that are changing in there 15 to 25 reps they're all still endurance based variables same thing with the daily undulating they're still endurance based variables so this is the type of undulation and the variability that can take place even within one mesocycle so that mesocycle in and In NASM, you'd be looking at a 15 to 25 rep range could be involved in that stabilization endurance program. And then the way that you program within that periodization, the way that you program might include linear periodization, might include reverse linear periodization, might include daily undulating periodization. So... Just because you're doing a uh, stabilization endurance program where you've got several sets of 15 to 25 repetitions, there are three different ways that you can program your stabilization endurance training just by doing linear periodization, reverse linear, and daily undulating. So don't get stuck in the idea that we're always... Jumping from stabilization to strength to power and doing that, but you have the ability to switch out whether you're doing linear uh, Periodization or daily undulating periodization even within that program so you can change your repetition range You could change your tempo range all of that could be changed within That one meso cycle where you've got periodization of variables taking place there so um, I like this idea that you can make some changes within any level that you're working with. And some variables people are going to look at, well, uh, what if I want uh, hypertrophy? And I think that, you know, this is also something good to look at. We've got Rhea, who's the same person with uh, another group of people in the Journal of Strength and Conditioning, doing a linear versus undulating program. And the linear periodization group performed sets of eight repetitions, so an eight rep max, during weeks one through four, six rep max four through eight, and a four rep max during nine through 12 weeks. That's the linear periodization group, right? So uh, the first few weeks they're doing eight reps, the next few weeks they're doing six reps, and the following weeks they're doing four reps. Now the daily undulating periodization group training on a daily basis, they're looking at Monday an eight rep, Wednesday, six rep, Friday, four rep max and there was significant differences favoring the daily undulating uh, group. And so when we're looking at kind of the equated volume, so they get the same amount of volume that they're doing, it's the same volume, but, and, and the intensity is the same because it's their four rep max, right? They're doing the same number of repetitions, the same number of sets, but the daily undulating periodization group was a bit more successful. Now, here's one of the things that that we need to play with. When we talk about uh, linear periodization in the OPT model and that we want you to go linearly through the OPT model, which means I want you to start at stabilization and endurance, so your stabilization level, then move to your strength level, and then move to your power level. That's fantastic. But stay linear with your progression through the model initially until you've gone through one full cycle linearly But you can undulate the programs inside of that, which means if you're going to stay in stabilization training for several weeks, so we have a four-week mesocycle there, then, then you can do daily undulating with your rep range but don't do daily undulating where you're jumping from stabilization strength and into power if you've not laid the foundation yet for your stabilization training. We gotta make sure that we're protecting those joints and that we're getting the tissues lined up so that they're working and that they're strong and they have the resilience to move into some of these heavier lifts and move into some of these more dynamic exercises that we're gonna be seeing. So the, the daily undulating periodization, or the DUP, D-U-P, valuable. It's valuable, and when we play at periodization, it doesn't mean that we necessarily jump out of different cycles and move into places that your body may not be equipped to, to work through yet. It just may mean that you're playing around with the rep range within a particular mesocycle in a particular phase in the OPT model. And think about that for the strength training level as well. So you got three different phases within the OPT strength training program. So you've got strength endurance, which is going to be supersets of traditional strength training exercises, supersetted with a stabilization equivalent. So like a, a a squat followed by a single leg squat, or uh, a squat followed by a lunge to stabilization, something like that. And then you've got hypertrophy training, which is kind of just traditional strength training exercises. And then you've got max strength training, which means you're just moving everything as fast as you can. You're not focusing on 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 a controlled speed, you're focusing on as fast as you can control a speed. So how fast can you move a heavy weight? And I'm telling you, if it's one to four repetitions or five repetitions, you're not moving it fast. That's a really heavy weight. But then within the strength training, there are different phases, and then you have periodization within each of those phases that you can play around with. So you can do it linearly as far as one phase to the next, but you can undulate within each phase by playing around with your sets and your reps and your intensity. I like this idea. I like this idea. And there are a lot of different strength training systems out there. Um, Some really popular systems that are out there. You might see something called triphasic training. A guy named Cal Dietz. And um, it's interesting. And he focuses on different components of the muscle action spectrum. So what does it mean for um, the concentric contraction, eccentric contractions, and the stabilization? And he's got different training protocols to go through the the different phases of the muscle action spectrum. There's old school, like German volume training. That's 10 sets of 10. You know, this is a different type of training system. Escalated density training. That one's a a time-bound system. And through a time-bound system, people are doing as many repetitions, as many sets of a couple of different exercises back-to-back as they can. And as they get better they can do more within that time frame so they can escalate or increase the density or how many exercises they get within that certain window of time there's split routines and we talked about split routines before and that and earlier in the and in the conversation here where you're going to break things up and a common split routine so it's a three-part split, or three-day split, so chest and tries. and that makes sense because when you do a chest exercise, you're usually pushing, and your triceps work in that pushing anyway, so that that clearly goes together, so you could work your chest and tries. and then there's back and biceps, so when you pull, then you are using your back, but you're also using your biceps in order to pull towards you, so that makes sense that you work those two muscles together, and then they'll do legs and shoulders, so the legs will be worked on a day and the shoulders will be worked on that same day. And then they kind of throw in core exercises or abdominal exercises well, in, in, in all three days sometimes. And then in any given day, uh, they would throw in abdominal exercises. So it's a very common split routine. Uh, split routines go in all sorts of different directions here, so upper body and lower body split. Um, there's a pushing and pulling split, right? So there, there are different ways that splits te- tend to, to be put together, but valuable. It's a great training system. All of these systems kind of have this, this value behind it, but what we're looking at is where does it go within your system? Like So we we can take any of these and plug them into the OPT model. But that's the thing, a lot of people just take it and they say, oh, that's my thing and that's what I do. And when you find one thing that's your thing and that's what you do, that's not periodization. And it oftentimes can limit you. So if you're just doing split routines, then you gotta be careful because you want to add your endurance training in there you want to limit the type of exercise you do for a prolonged period of time. So mesocycle out of it for a little bit so that you're actually training a different type, but you're also minimizing the opportunity that you're going to get injured because you keep repeating the same movement patterns over and over again. And when you repeat those patterns, then uh, you expose yourself and your tissues to overuse. So it's something to be aware of. Uh, you know, yeah, all again, all sorts of things out there. Uh, peripheral heart action, which is taking a... a uh, an upper body following it by a lower body, right? So you do a, a, an upper body exercise, lower body exercise, upper body exercise, lower body exercise. And so that way your your heart action, you're pumping blood to, to different parts of the body. You're moving north and then you're pumping blood south. You're pumping blood north and you're pumping blood south. And your lower body is resting while your upper body is working and vice versa. There are supersets and there are compound sets and there are giant sets and there are a lot of people out there that confuse all of those, and so uh, I would just say, like a, a superset for for our purposes, and what I would do would be uh, two exercises for the same body part back to back. Um, and but a superset could also be a compounding set where um, you're doing the same exercise for the same body part or uh, the same body part gets attacked one exercise to the next. So one chest exercise followed by another one. Some people will be a superset. Uh, they'll identify that as a, like a, a pushing exercise followed by a pulling exercise. So they're opposing body parts, uh, opposing movements taking place. And that's fine. It's valid. But people, they there they're different constructs out there. They're, they're all supersets. But then a giant set is when they add one more set to it. So instead of doing two sets for the same body part, and then they would do three sets and then a humongous or ginormous would be, I'm just kidding. I don't know. People just make stuff up. But, uh, if you wanted to add a fourth set in there, you could, I just got to again, point out If you were doing an exercise to the point of beyond fatigue, you've already hit fatigue. You've already hit your training adaptation. There's no reason to keep beating up on it. You're not going to get more out of it once you start to elicit a training effect. So doing too much is exactly that too much. And then think about when we're doing exercises, we're not just looking at, um, these kind of split routines, you can also add in circuits, and circuits if you go, um, sometimes we'll call it a circuit, what we'll do sometimes is uh, there's a vertical programming that you'll go through, and so you kind of list out all the body parts that you want to hit, and then tackle each one of those, so this is a vertical line, and then there's some horizontal line, right? And so a horizontal would be chest followed by chest followed by chest. A vertical training system would be picking out your body parts and say, okay, well, I'm going to do uh, chest and I'm going to do back today and I'm going to do shoulders today. I'm going to do legs today and I'm going to do core today and cycle through all of those vertically, take your break and then cycle through them again. So it's a type of circuit that would be set up. So it's an ability to to move through that circuit training. And there's, a, again, five by five training or power hypertrophy, adaptive training. There are so many things. There's so many things out there. Here's an interesting one that's out there that I don't suggest you just do, but there's some crazy research coming out on blood flow restriction training. And the current evidence really suggests that the addition of the blood flow restriction to dynamic exercise training is pretty effective in augmenting changes both in size uh, and strength. And there are physical therapists who are now using blood flow restriction. So they add a cuff and they restrict blood flow. And they do higher repetitions and they're not going at a, a max rate. It's pretty... Uh, pretty much an endurance-type training program. But when they do that endurance-type training program, they're still getting strength gains and size gains from doing a more endurance-type training program, but with the blood flow restriction. So it's, it's kind of restricting blood flow with this cuff. Anyway, don't makeshift this. All right, don't, don't say, hey, I heard on the NASMCPT podcast that you need to tourniquet while doing bicep curls. Uh, that is not what you heard here. You did not hear that here. So don't start putting that into action if you think that that's what you heard. It definitely isn't. But there are people who are performing with a blood flow restriction and there are, there are cuffs that are made available to personal trainers that are out there. Uh, and you go through a training and then personal trainers are implementing them with their clients. So there's some possibilities there. And then one more p- piece of research on linear versus undulating is, um, by Harry's uh, Lubins and Callister, 2016 from the Journal of Science and Medicine and Sport. And it was a comparison of resistance training prog- progression models on maximal strength in sub-elite adolescent rugby union players. And on the lower body, linear periodization and daily undulating periodization significantly increased over the control group. That makes sense? Control group is the group that didn't do anything, so good. Uh, but the DUP, or the daily undulating periodization group, showed better results than the linear periodization. Upper body, no significant differences between linear and the DUP group. So lower body, significant difference. Upper body, they didn't see significant differences. I thought that was interesting. And then Miranda et al., in um, the Journal of Strength and Conditioning, 2011, Um they were looking at the effects of linear and dup on resistance training for max and submax gains statistically there was a significant difference between the periodization models in favor of dup which supported uh, more of the uh, gains that you would see in the maximal versus the and the submaximal versus what you would see in the daily undulating periodization and then there's there there's just so many ideas that happen within periodization. I'm certainly not going to try to tackle everything, but I wanted to to get it like a high-level view. So you're looking at it from 30,000 feet going, man, there's some stuff out there, and we haven't even, haven't even really touched the surface of it. Like, we haven't got down and dug into anything. But the ideas behind periodization, how periodization works, how it fits into um, how you're programming your periodization, right? So what goes inside of it, and how all of these can routinely be put in. How do you fit them into your system? That's what we're looking at. That's what I want you to consider as you're putting together your programs for your clients and how you start implementing all of these things into the NASM OPT model. Because the OPT model is a great guide of this is what we do and It's not necessarily how we do it, right? So there's so many different ways that you can plug into the OPT model and make the OPT model work for you, and it's not linear, right? It's good because you can start changing between stabilization, strength, and power in your undulation. You can undulate within linear, within strength, within power. Um, So play with it. Program it. Put it together for your clients. Put it together for yourself first. See how it works with you. See what you like about it, how you feel, how you vibe with it, and then start applying it with some other things. So thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the NASM CPT podcast. I look forward to talking to you next time around.